It is Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. This is Messiah Matters number 360. Still in my same old office. My name is Caleb Hag. Uh, <laughs> me in my same old office also. I'm Rob Banoff. Boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The chat room is on fire today. And when I say on fire, I mean there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> uh, ignorance is bliss. And the, the, the comments that continue to come are just interesting. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, we named this show what? Uh, what did we name this show? Hmm, let me see here. Oh, yeah, Limited Atonement. And so the chat room has been uh, ablaze. However, somebody's attempting to uh, to defend Itzhak Shapira, which is hilarious because, yeah, uh, that's the ignorance is bliss comment. Uh, yeah, we misrepresent. We misrepresent Itzhak Shapira, apparently, even though Itzhak Shapira blatantly says the issue is is Metatron. And uh, anyone who knows the theology of Metatron knows that that is straight heresy. Whether or and not, I've got a, I've got a review too. We could, yeah. I, I don't know if that's on our website, but we can yeah, give it, it to you. Yeah. Review of Kosher, uh, Return of the Kosher Pig. That, yeah, the, the words that, that were put on the, the the pages of that book made the paper less valuable. I, oh. I, I mean, it is a piece of trash. That is the biggest piece of trash book I've oh. ever read. I've never read a bigger piece of trash. It is straight heresy. The whole thing's heresy. It's just, it's bad. It's really bad, and it's, and. Uh, uh, hopefully Shapira has uh, learned how to do some research since that book. But when he did that book, he clearly had never uh, taken a class on how to how to research anything because it's it's really bad. Anyway, OK, uh, that's enough of that. We need not uh, dwell on things of darkness. And that's exactly what that is. Things of darkness. OK, uh, hey, you can be a part of this conversation. Two, five, three, four, six, five, three, two, five. It's two, five, three. Four six five thirty two zero five. It is going to be a uh, a rambunctious day, I'm sure. The chat room is going to be in rare form, I'm sure. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to uh, give us a message, you can. We don't answer that phone. You just leave a message. Uh, once again, the number is Messiah Matters. Wants to nice. hear from you. Leave us a comment, a question or two. Call two five three four six five. And you can also shoot us an email, chegg at torresource.com. It's chegg at torresource.com. Okay, so um, speaking of Tor Resource, go to Tor Resource. What is uh, what do we have that's new? We have a family reading book um, coming up. It's going to be published here very shortly. We're we're doing the final touches. Basically, all of our uh, our family handouts that we had on our site. Uh, written by my father, Tim Hag, are uh, compiled and going to be in book form. And so look forward to that. We also got a video series from my father, How to Study the Bible. It's coming out. It's going to be good. And uh, we should have a new producer credit. Uh, in fact, Michael, I'm sure I'm sure Mike's listening right now. Michael, hey, let's jump on that. <laughs> this is how I this is how we communicate in our office is I uh, is I just mention things on the show and then boom, they get done, apparently. Uh, bit, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking protocol right now. Okay, go for it. Oh, you're in the <clears> chat room. You're in the chat room. I can tell already. Oh, golly, an ad came out as loud. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to post. I'm going to try. All of a sudden, my phone. You know, we have people working the back end. If you just want a link posted, uh, tell Mike to post a link. Well, what I did quickly is I put it up in the S3 because I didn't know where it was. And so, anyway, and then I had to make it public, blah, 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 blah. So, anyway. I think it'll work. So uh, I'm out of the chat room again. That okay, just, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when is Rob's book coming out, and when is Rob's uh, thing on uh, oh. Jude coming out? Uh, COVID really set things back a little bit. So, but I'm feeling I'm feeling good again. I'm feeling good. I'm still building my office, and uh, hopefully by the time I build my entire office, uh, Rob will be have his books out. We can have an extra celebration day. This is a yeah. commentary. I'm on hold right now. I'm out of money, so I'm uh, everything's everything. The, the wheels have stopped turning. Well, I'm I'm pretty much uh, back to energy, except I except my back. I've been uh, digging hard earth yeah. for my dad, and it's uh, 
and then shoveling, you know, ditch digging basically in clay. And I rock. had to do that too. I had to do that too. Then it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to take a break for a while. My back is, I'm probably not doing it right. <laughs> the, and the chat room, the, everyone in the chat room says, yeah, we're looking forward to the book. So, okay. Um, in case you didn't hear it, Mary, in the, uh, in case you didn't hear it in our intro, I snuck it in there. But uh, Mary gave us a super chat before the ch- show even started. Weights and measures. You've been blessed. All right, let's jump into this. There is a lot to uh, be said here. And actually, who is in the chat room? Uh, pop, uh, pop culture renaissance. Pop culture renaissance wrote us. I want to do this one first. PCR. Rob, Rob has not heard this, by the way. Um, actually, should we do pop culture renaissance? No, let's do this one first because it's just a, a quick. I want to uh, under three minutes. Julie commented on our um, video about uh, about the month names and Rosh Hashanah. And she said, not arguing, but just thinking that Nehemiah was written after the Babylonian exile. So by that time, they had named the months, thinking out loud here. Yes, that's correct. And actually, my point in saying that the month names were not implanted later is to say that if we believe, if we believe that the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit, then when the names of the months are given and they are the Babylonian names that they got in Babylon, I agree. No, I totally agree. They brought these names back from Babylon. That's fine. The point is, is when the... Is it bad or Is it bad? Did the prophet do something wrong by mentioning these names? And my point is no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Holy Spirit inspired uh, putting these names in. And, And so all of this to say, basically this video that we were... Not trying to mention the people, but the video basically claimed that since the the Babylonian names had been put in there, that really uh, this new year was a Babylonian festival. There's absolutely no evidence of that. The prophets call the the months of the names, uh, the, they call the months the names that they knew, which they got in Babylon. Absolutely, we live. I live in America. I call the months January, February, March, April, May. It doesn't mean that I'm celebrating some pagan festival just because oh, but there are people like today if it's wednesday they'll say oh that's odin's day oh that's a yeah that's a, <laughs> exactly. a norse myth yeah so you i know. mean it's it, but uh, no i i but think then i would say back to them why are you even speaking english at all right we like, should if you're going to start if you're going to start cutting words out of your dictionary then but it but maybe we were unclear julie to your comment agreed yeah they brought these names back from babylon my point is is that when nehemiah writes Okay, so when Nehemiah writes and he uses these names that are the Babylonian names of the month, did he put that in the scripture? Was it inspired by the Holy Spirit or were they implanted later and they're not of the Holy Spirit? That's my question. And my answer is no, this is original. There's no textual evidence that they were put in later. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is the one who has put these names into the word of God. That's my point. It's not because they. It's not because they were, uh, they were bringing pagan New Year's festivals in. Okay, let's move on. Pop culture renaissance. Who is in the chat room today? Says this. Messiah matters. The love that you're talking about, and this is talking about love for God. The love that you're talking about when it comes to loving God, is it the kind of love you feel for your spouse, or is it a different kind of love? I want to love God, but I don't have that lovey dovey kind of love for Him. Does that mean I don't have his spirit because I don't have that overpowering head over toes feeling? Does that mean I wasn't given the inward call? I believe in God. I believe that Yeshua is the only way to salvation, but I also don't feel that God wants me because he hasn't put his spirit into, uh, into to love him. I'm not sure what that means. This is something that is really uh, bothering me. I can't sleep or really do anything without this cons- uh, constant fear of being rejected and not his. Oh, well, okay. Let's go to the scriptures. What does the scripture say? It says, if you uh, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10. Romans 10, yeah. yeah. Um, that you will be saved. So uh, there's multiple things going on here that we could uh, that we could talk about. Number one, don't base your faith on feelings. Base right, your faith that, on the exactly, word. Exactly, exactly. Our feelings are. I remember what Jeremiah said. He said the the heart is wicked above all. Who can know it? So, right, 
God I so agree. loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Um, so, so, uh, and pop culture Renaissance says he hasn't given me the spirit to love him with all my heart. That's what I meant. Well, what does it mean to love with all your heart? How do you know? Yeah. How do you know that? My, my question would be, um, if you have faith that the Lord has been risen from the dead and that he has paid for the sins for your sins, um, then I, I would say how you, First of all, let's say this. The love that I have for my wife is not the same love that I have for Yeshua, right? Because there is a romantic element there with uh, my wife, which shows the nature of love between Christ and his ecclesia. There is a, there is a love there that is, that is uh, passionate. But there's, a, there's an element uh, that I have with my wife that I don't have with, with God, which is sexual, Right. I mean, there's a sexual element there, and that's the way that the Lord has made us. The Lord has made us to have hormones and to have different things that are going to manifest in feelings that are are towards your significant other. This is a picture, certainly, of, of the covenant relationship that we have with God. But when I think of loving God, what is love? Love always pushes towards Christ, right? And love is, uh, for us, uh, I think that Loving God means fearing God, fear of God, right? It also means following God. It means putting God's word above all else. In other words, not uh, it, it, when it comes to family or government or personal want, the word of God comes first, right? These, these are what I think of when I think of biblical love. Rob? Yeah, I agree. Does... I is the is the question now i missed it because i kind of got confused is it i love god and i want to i want to walk in his ways but i don't really want to walk in his ways like is that if it felt like it was a little fuzzy like i want to walk in your ways lord but i can't but i don't want to walk and i was wondering well maybe maybe one uh from a theological perspective is to take those scriptures where paul talks about the old man that has to be crucified every day. Right. You know, Yeshua says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And so there, there is, there is a sense of the old man, like the Jeremiah talking about the, we can't trust our heart beating down the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, and, and like in Hebrews four, it talks about the word of God is sharper than any to a sword dividing asunder, even between, you know, joints and marrow, but it, uh, discerning the intents of the heart. And that, um, so the question is, are you, what's your devotional time? Like, what's your prayer? Do you have time where you close the door? Meaning you're, you're, you have time just with you and the Lord, and you're not thinking about what time it is. You're not checking your email. You're, you're, uh, okay, wait, pause with your pause. father who sees pause. everything. Pause, pause. Okay. Um, the, the person is in the chat room. Okay. Now I'm going to make a guess here. And I could be totally off, but I'm just going to make a guess. And I would like a response on this from the person in the chat room. Are you part of a community? Because the question seems to imply, seems to imply that you're not part of a weekly Bible community. That's another aspect to it. Yeah. And the reason I would say that, and I could be totally off, I could be totally wrong. This person could be you know, I don't know, this person could be locked into a church somewhere. But usually when when people tend to have these feelings, now pe- people do have these feelings when they're part of a community. That's true. Um, but usually what it means is that they aren't talking to people in their community about it. They're not sitting down with their elders. They're not sitting down with, or they don't have a community, one of the two. Um, you know, they're not sitting down with, with other believers you know, if if it's a woman, they're not sitting down with other women to talk about these things. If it's a man, he's not sitting down with, you know, the elders or whatever and, and talking through these things. Um, and so th- the point is, is that I would say it seems like one of the things that this person would need to do and anyone who's struggling with these kind of questions is sit down with fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord in your community and talk to them about how... Because ultimately, I think that one of the things, and we're seeing this a lot right now in our culture, one of the things that is vital for believers is community. 
either you're either you're locked into a community and you want to be, you know, either it's essential and you're willing to die for it or it's not. There's I mean, there's not there's not really two ways about it. I'm sorry. OK, I cut you off. Go ahead. I was talking more on the individual, his individual time with the Lord. You know, do you spend time with God like where it's, you know, in the word and in prayer and in laying, you know, cast your cares on him, you know, and um, that's that's another aspect of our of our walk. Um, it's having that intimate time with the Lord. So uh, and, um, and here's here's the response. Um, so pop culture renaissance responds and says, yes, but there's a lot of false teaching 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 like full moon being the new moon and Hebrew word pictures. And so one of the things that I would say to that is that usually when those things are focused on and when those things are brought into community, uh, it's because there's, yeah, there's other theological problems. Well, yeah, there's, there is a Darth. What's the word there? There are, there is no theological meat to the present. It's just sugar. It's just like trying to eat sugar and live on sugar. Right. It just doesn't work. See, but that, but that's the problem is you have someone and I don't know who pop culture renaissance is. I have, I have a feeling that I might've talked to this person on the phone recently, but um, I don't know who this person is. And, but when you have someone in your, and you know what, as a co-pastor in a congregation, I could be, I could have people in my congregation like this too and not know it. But if you're focusing on things like, full moon is the new moon Hebrew word pictures and stuff like that and you got people who are struggling with the gospel message itself then then there is something drastically wrong with the community and one of the things that we try to do at our congregation and our congregation is not a model in fact I would say uh, yet to see whether or not this congregation actually grows wings and flies because we're, we're very new but one of the things that we try to do in our congregation every single week is talk about the gospel. One of the reasons why is because we have young children that stay with us in, in our service. And so we're constantly trying to talk about the gospel message. And uh, so I, I have a feeling that uh, this this congregation is, is heavy on exactly what you said, heavy on the sugar, but not very heavy no, on... it's not even real sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... Uh, Sucrose. What's a sugar? Sucrose. <laughs> it's... Or it's it's uh, uh we, here's the thing. I'm it's not because tr- it's artificial. My yeah. point is that it, I'm not it, trying to laugh about it in that respect. I mean, it's it's funny in terms of the analogy that we're trying to make. It's very sad that you have people who feel like they are are drowning in their faith and yet are in a community that doesn't seem to be helping them with that. And so if any of the people that go to my the congregation that I'm a part of, uh, feel like that, please come talk to me because I would love to I would love to sit down and, and hash out the idea of of what it means to be saved and how we know that we have the spirit. Ultimately to pop culture renaissance, what I would say to you is this we know that we have the spirit when we exhibit the fruit of the spirit. This is the point of the fruit of the spirit. We start to conform to Christ. We start to conform to who the Lord is because we follow the Lord. We love the Lord and our life is consumed by him. I have said this a lot recently. Every believer should should feel as though their life is it's is a ministry. If you are a believer, then then your main goal in life is ministry. Whether you work at McDonald's or are the CEO of a multi-million dollar company, it doesn't matter if you're a believer, your main goal in life is ministry. That includes having to study, that includes having to share the word. It Includes all sorts of things, but the point is, is and that and being corrected and being too. corrected, like, yeah. like I mean, that's a, that's another thing. Like if 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 you've got sin in your life that you have not confessed, right? You haven't come face to face with the Lord, so to speak, and saying you're right, I'm wrong, right? I need correction, you know, and sought that. Then that's also going to be a, a a stumbling block. Okay, uh, let's move on. I hope that Good that question. helps. I hope that that helps. Feel free. And by the way, to Pop Culture Renaissance, he says, yes, I did t- talk to you recently on the phone. Feel free to call us anytime. If you continue to have these kind of feelings, definitely give us a call. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about, about the word and about about the gospel. Okay, let's move on to what everybody's been waiting for. Um, okay, 
I need to set this up just a little bit. Brandon's in the chat, chat room, um, and I'm happy that you're with us, Brandon. This comes from Brandon. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. Now, Brandon might see this differently than me in terms of our conversations, and that's totally fine. But I'm going to give you a little backstory to our conversations so that you know where this is coming from. Brandon contacted, well, actually, in the chat room, he said, hey, can we talk about you know the doctrines of grace, which he is adamantly against, believes that it's one of the worst doctrines ever. Okay, and that's fine. And I said, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, you know, he said, I'm neither Calvinist or Arminian. And I, I said, okay, maybe that means Molinism. I don't know. Um, there's maybe, you know, maybe there's some, maybe some new ideas that have come forth. And so I say, yeah, go ahead. So he, so he started emailing me. Now, no offense to Brandon, but what I got from the emails that we had back and forth was that there was basically the same old, nothing new, de, uh, you know, debate points coming from Brandon from a free will model. That's how it felt. Well, to him, they might be new, good arguments that are new and fresh. Sure, absolutely. And to I'm not. You, put, you're like, and I'm not like, putting those down. I'm not putting those right, down. Okay. Uh, that, that's fine. That he has those arguments. That's fine. My point. My simple point is, is that. I've I've wrestled with these issues and with these debates for a very very long time, and so I, once again, I don't I don't want to put Brandon down in any way, shape, or form. But if if I'm just going to rehash the same conversation over and over and over again, we've written on this, we've t spoken about this, we've done videos on this. I have a series on the doctrines of grace on on uh, Torah Resource. Um, we've we've written articles, all sorts of stuff, and not only that, but there are really good ministries that hold to the doctrines of grace that I think probably did it a lot better than me. So, for instance, R.C. Sproul is probably one of the greatest uh, people to look to uh, to explain the doctrines of grace and 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 the standard view of the doctrines of grace. Okay, so I don't even look at my stuff. There's plenty of stuff out there, and no offense to Brandon, but. If I want to know the free will model, which I've believed in my lifetime, if I want to look at the cutting edge, you know, whatever uh, arguments, all I have to do is open a book, you know, against Calvinism. It's literally on my shelf right there. I could stand up in two feet and I could grab it. Okay, so I understand the arguments against Calvinism. I understand the arguments for Calvinism, so on and so forth. And so as as respectful as I possibly could, I said to Brandon, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but if we're just going to have the same old arguments, then I really don't necessarily want to take the time to have this conversation. You know, you can look at my views on this through all the literature and everything that we've done uh, if you want to know my views. Okay. So, uh, and he asks, how long did you believe the free will model? 30 years. And I've stated that in my emails to you. Um, so, with that said, now, Brandon continues to send me emails uh, with kind of the same, going down the same same path of trying to uphold these same arguments, which is fine. But uh, this last Didn't one. You do. Here, here's what I would say. Brandon, buy that book against Calvinism, read it, and then any ideas that you have that are not in the book, email those to Caleb. Right. And then, and you probably have a, you know, in other words, don't send something to Caleb that he's that he's already just that's out there already. Okay, but ho however, one of the things now now Brandon in all, with you know what? Let's throw some grace here because you know what what we what I realized when I was talking to Rob this past week about what we should talk about for this show. Um, I was reading this email to to Rob, and it struck me that if if Brandon uh, is writing these things, now we've talked ad nauseum on this show about the doctrines of grace it feels like that to us it yes. feels like that to us we i mean we've done i don't know countless amounts of shows I, at least i think we've done at least 10 shows on the doctrines of grace um so anyway um but if brandon is asking this question that means that we probably have new listeners and we have new people who have not gone back and listened to the archives and seen what we have to say about that and so i figured you know what let's do it let's just talk about limited atonement again and we'll just use Brandon's email here as a as a jump point to jump into it. And, I, and the reason why is because I think that I think that Brandon, uh, once again, all due respect, I think that Brandon thinks that we haven't heard these arguments. And there's a little bit, just a little bit of he's trying to jab. 
I think actually what he's trying to do, and I could be wrong, but I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to cast the cast the the bait and hope that I grab onto it and then reel me into the debate because he thinks that, that I don't know what I don't know what he thinks on that. Anyway, here's what Brandon says. And by the way, thank you for the emails because as you can see, we're we're going to use them. So. Uh, here we go. Brandon writes in. He says, I was thinking about emailing you about my interpretations of Romans 8 and 9. Okay, so right there, right there, before we go on, I'm going to try to do this without using Romans 8 and 9. And when I say try, I'll probably slip Romans 8 in there just one time. But, uh, I, uh, but my argument is not going to, uh, is not going to hinge on this, okay? So he says, I was thinking about emailing you my interpretations of Romans 8 and 9. I'm sure that we'd take different views on this, but I figured that I would bring up limited atonement first, as I believe it is the easiest point to disprove with Scripture and one that I don't think a person of the Calvinist persuasion can back up easily. Okay, now that's kind of the, that, you know, he's, he's, he's jabbing a little bit, like uh, maybe he'll turn around and try to hit me, you know? Uh, um, anyway, um, okay, so for those who don't know what l limited atonement is, and I don't, I, I, I actually don't like the term limited atonement. R.C. Sproul has brought up some great uh, different uh, ideas for this. Uh, specific atonement might be a, uh, a better term than limited atonement. But basically, for those who don't know what uh, limited atonement is, limited, limited atonement suggests that God preordained who would be saved. And that Christ came to die for those people and not for the whole world. Now, of course, there are going to be many uh, responses to this. Uh, there's a place in, what is it, First Peter? Um, or is it Second Peter? Anyway, there's a place there. There's also uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, so th these places are pointed at to, uh, to go against the idea of limited atonement. Let's keep going with Brandon's email. I reckon that if we do not see eye to eye on that one, then we could probably forego the, the soteriology discussion altogether because I fear at that point it truly would be a fruitless conversation. Okay, fair. So I guess we can begin there if you want. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Would you say that Christ died only for the sins of the elect? This is actually a second email. Would you say that Christ died only for the sins of the elect? And if so... Can you back it up with scripture? Yes, I can. So, um, where to go, where to go? Maybe I should open up my new note program and just see what I have. This under. is fun. Well, while you're doing that, yeah, I like particular redemption. Yeah, yeah, per particular like redemption, one. yeah. I like particular redemption. And I'll just, because I I'm, I'm also excited about what Caleb's going to share, I'll just get my own popping here is Matthew 1. You shall call him Yeshua. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. That's the first one I have on my list. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. No, no. Good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, well, the idea is, <laughs> did he accomplish it? So he will do. So that the prophecy is he will do something. Question is, did Yeshua do what he's what he was going to do? According to the Bible, he did. He accomplished it. Well, and and the way and then it says, what was it he was going to accomplish? He was going to save. Who is he going to save? His people. He's going to save his people. And what was he going to save them, them from? From their sins. So Matthew 1, 21, I think, it's, that, that's it right there in a nutshell for me. Okay. Hang on just a second. Now, Sorry. This is, I, I, I didn't. No, this is interesting because, I, because Brandon in the chat room just brought up Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of of us all now yeah. wait now that's 53 6 go but to 53 1 now go 53 8 or and then, then who he, has believed our report yeah unto uh, whom has the arm of the lord been revealed yeah you the, shouldn't have the brought ideas the, the idea is that the we is a limited we <laughs> you shouldn't have brought that one up uh, uh, brandon that's uh that's not uh that's you're not helping your case here listen yeah, uh, the listen we, to this. The us and isaiah 53 are the uh, uh, are the elect look isaiah 53 <laughs> 11 and 12 as a result of the anguish of his soul he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge the righteous one my servant will justify the many not the all, the many, as he will bear their iniquities. 
as he will bear their iniquities. Yeah. That is not universal. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with a, with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself yeah. to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many, not of all, of many, and interceded for the transgressors. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, that, and, that, that, and that one. again, the, the opening line, who has believed our report? That means that, that means they're going out into a world and people are like laughing at them. To whom has the arm of, of the Lord been revealed means what Yeshua said to Peter. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who's in heaven. Yeah, Brandon it's, says, hang on just a second. Now, this is great because we're going to have a little interaction here. Brandon says, many in the Hebrew idiom means for all, but it doesn't no, in the context. No, it obviously no. it obviously doesn't in the context because he said it says that he saved them from their sin, that, it, that he took on their iniquity. So it, is he, does he do, does he read Hebrew? I don't know. He just, he just made it, he just made a defining. He says, as stated by statement. John Calvin himself. John okay. Calvin says many means all. Apparently, I don't know. I'd need receipts on that, but I, I mean, I believe him. Show me your receipts. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so hang on just a sec. So back okay, to back, back to what what Rob said. Uh, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the way that we would have to interpret this, or the way we'd have to retranslate this, if uh, a free will model is, is she will bear a son, and he he we shall call, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will. Offer salvation to all, but that's not what it says. May, and people may or may not yeah. take it, and it might be that no one ever takes it, and he will have died for nothing. Yep, exactly. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Now he said that uh, what I don't—I forget exact his exact words. It's hard for us to back up uh, scripturally, or it's hard for us to back up. Okay, let's just run through some of these. I'm not even going to look at the chat room for a few minutes. I'm just going to run through some of these. Uh, John six thirty seven through 39, all that the Father, Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. John seventeen six through 12, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I gave, I have given them to the to the words that you have get, uh, that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know that in the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given to me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled." Romans eight twenty eight. I'm going to throw the Romans eight in there, but uh, I know I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, we'll we'll skip it. Ephesians one four through five. Even oh, yeah, as he beautiful. chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Proverbs 16.4, if we want to go the other way, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of the Lord or the day of destruction. But God shows his love for us. Uh, this is Romans 5, 8 through 10. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, not after we chose, but while we were still sinners, since that's, therefore, yeah, that's a good one. since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For while, for if while we were enemies, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by de uh, by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. And finally, First John four nine through ten. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Preach it. 
Uh, so what, he's what train? What train are you using there? And Brandon, Brandon uh, responds. Show me one verse that states Jesus died for the elect. Is this is this ESV? only only for the elect? Uh, what was I using? I was using ESV, yeah, and I oh. think uh, ESV and NASB at some points. So I mean, yeah. Once again, nice. look, look. Here's the thing: is that Brandon's going to come back and say something like, "Oh, show me any place. Uh, show me one verse that states Jesus died only for the elect. Show me one verse that says that the sixty-six books of the Bible." Uh, are the uh, inspired canon. Show me one verse that says that uh, God is uh, three in one. These are truths that are obvious from the scriptures but aren't stated explicitly. The idea that that uh, that God does not choose the elect. I, you know, I preached on, last Shabbat, I preached on Luke 1. Let's go to that one. Luke 1. And let's see here. I think it's a verse. Hmm. Let's go to that little piece of candy. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that little. Actually, it's it's a, fifteen. It's a steak. It's fifteen. But let's start in thirteen. But the angel said, "Remember that Zacharias is in the uh, in the temple, and the angel appears to him to tell him about John, who is going to be born." But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John." You will have he will uh, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Not he might be great if he chooses to do so, not he might be great or we he'll be great, uh, but he might choose not to do that. Or, you know what? He could be wicked. Don't know. No. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. That's called predestination. So here's the point. Here, here's the point in all this. But Caleb, doesn't that make us just, aren't you just saying that God just wants robots? No, because if we were just robots, then we wouldn't sin. God is not the author of sin. I hold to the 1689 Baptist Confession on this. Uh, and I would refer anyone to that who wants to know what the confession says. Um, so anyway, the, here's the point. Here's the point in all of this. Um, I know that Brandon and others in the chat room are going to have, uh, comebacks for all of this. I know that they're going to have verses that they're going to bring up. I know the arguments that they're going to, uh, that they're going to bring up. That's fine. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But the thing is, is it, it really does no, I mean, it's we're going to have to and I, I hate it when people say this. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this unless you got something that's different to bring to the table. If you have a new argument or something that you think is revolutionary in this in this debate, by all means, I'm happy to I'm happy to sit down and look at it and, and ponder it and search the scriptures and see if that interpretation is right. I have no problem with that. But to just continue to bring up the same verses and the same arguments, I don't think is really, I mean, certainly the scripture is is sharper than a two-edged sword. And so, you know, at some point, one of our opinions might change if that's what the Lord wants for it. But you think, Caleb, are you suggesting that before the foundation of the world, God knew there was going to be a Zechariah? who is going to be a great, 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 great grandson of Aaron, the brother of Moses, and that that Zechariah was going to be an old man with his wife, that and she was barren her whole life. Um, are you saying that he knew that he was going to be there that day offering yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the uh, incense offering and that they were going to have a baby boy? Are you suggesting that, that God, yeah. that God, okay. That means God. However, so, however, wait, wait, wait. But this is beautiful too. This is beautiful too, because yes, yes, that is true. But God uses means to accomplish His will within time. Correct. Okay. And so, what is the means by which God uses to means, but not bullies? <laughs> yeah, but what is the means? Bad. What is the means that God uses to enact this to 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 make this domino drop that brings the Messiah, the precursor to the Messiah, and all these kinds of, of different things. He says in, in Luke 1 13, 
But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard. Not, I have preordained from the foundations of the world, and so I'm going to do it. Not, I'm faithful to my covenant, although he is, and therefore I'm going to do it in this time. It is not, all those things. It, it is, is all those things. things. And, and, not, and, and not even... I uh, the prophecy of Daniel nine tells us that uh, that the Messiah will die in twenty seven CE. He doesn't say any of that, and therefore I ha- he has to come now. No, he doesn't say any of that. Your prayer has been heard. God uses the means of prayer within time and space to accomplish His will. Amen. Amen. Okay. So uh, have we beaten this to? I mean, once again, I you know. I'm not, it's not that I want to be closed. It's not that I want to be closed off to people and their and their questions or anything like that. But I can tell that Brandon is well versed in what he's talking about. In fact, I would say that Brandon knows uh, Calvin's works better than I do. That there's no doubt in my mind about that. That's one of the reasons I don't call myself a Calvinist. I haven't re- read enough Calvin to um, to to you know say that I I agree or, or disagree with him. Uh, so, and, and here's the thing is that Brandon continues to go on. He, he still has not understood the point. He still hasn't gotten it. He says, does God's foreknowledge mean he has determined it? Yeah. Yeah. And we know that because Romans eight has both words right together. The word for foreknowledge and for ordained. Yeah, and I take just, that foreknowledge there to actually mean covenant relationship. They're they're but it's it's the same it's different words describing the same Right. Yeah. And Ephesians one passage I think has the same So uh, I mean to 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 me, uh once again I take a little bit different view than a lot of a lot of people uh who hold to the doctrines of grace. I believe that we have will and I believe that we work within um within time and history. I believe that God is not the author of sin. I believe that comes from us. And I believe that when we talk about God foreordaining, um, that, uh, and Brandon says Romans 8 uses past tense. Um, anyway, um, I, I believe that when we talk about uh, foreordaining, it's specific about salvation. That's what I think. Now, certainly God imposes his will and comes into time and directs the course of history, even in our lives and the small things. Once again, we can go to Luke 1. The fact that they, what did they do to choose Zacharias to go into the temple? What did they right. do? They cast lots. So God is even in, God is even in the small things. And see, once again, Brandon, dude, I, I mean, I... I respect you, man, but I you still have not understood it. He says, look at verse 17 and 23. Was Paul confused? I mean, once again, it's like you just keep going, even though, I mean, yeah. Was if, Paul confused about what? I don't know. But if you if if he want if you want to know the the what we believe, there's plenty of resources. And I don't understand how these kind of questions. I mean, this is this kind of reminds me of like a bumper sticker. Like Jesus, so. like Jesus saves. Well, do people expect, I'm going to put this sticker, Jesus saves, on my car, and now I'm going to be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, a sudden an atheist is going to see it and go, Jesus saves. Oh, my word. I missed it this whole time. Now I got it. Now I'm a believer. I mean, is that usually how God works? No, usually not. He uses different means, which is usually, which is usually people, right? Now... I, I don't understand how these little one-liners like are going to change the mind of of people who hold to one or the other. I don't expect that I'm going to say, "Look, these are the verses that I use to uphold uh, limited atonement," and all of a sudden, Brandon's going to say, "Oh my word, I missed it the whole time." I just don't expect that. But I feel like there are people who, you know, they just keep going, like thinking that. Once again, I'm more than happy to have these conversations with people if they if they have genuine questions. I think Brandon could probably teach a class on what I believe in terms of of the doctrines of grace. In other words, Brandon is probably just as well versed in the arguments of from a doctrines of grace perspective as I am. So I mean the 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 questions that keep coming 
I think are simply uh, there's there's really no conversation here. That that's the point. There's really no conversation here. It's the same. It's the same arguments, yeah, I mean, hoping uh, hoping one, that they're going to change. Is, one viewpoint is Yeshua is a, is a successful savior who accomplishes precisely what the Father sent him to accomplish, and the other is um, Yeshua went and did something kind of risky, uh, uncertain of what the result would be, maybe no result at all, or possibly good result. Like, was he a gambler? You know, was Yeshua a gambler or was he a mighty warrior king? I think he's the mighty warrior king. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, ultimately, the uh, one of the things that I've realized, uh, I'm doing a survey of the Old Testament right now, one of the things that I've realized is that, is that God is very much in the life of everyone. In other words, he enters and is part of our lives. He directs the course of history. In big things and in small things. And so I don't understand how he could do that, but not direct the course of salvific history. I mean, that's just my, I, you know, and I was the kid and I mean, I remember vividly and I've told this story many times, Terry Posey's Sunday school class, man. And he asked, did God choose you or did you, did you choose God? And I just thought that was the stupidest question I'd ever heard. Of course I chose God. Well, I mean, obviously, I remember the exact time that I and moment that I did it. Like, I just thought that I was so stupid. Here's this lawyer who, you know, is teaching my Sunday school class and supposed to be so smart. And yet he's asking such a stupid question as this. I mean, so I, I understand the um, the mindset that goes into the idea that that uh, we choose God. I understand the verses that go into it. And ultimately, yeah, from a from a human perspective, I would say from a human perspective, we have to look, act and and view the world as if we all have free will. In terms of salvation and in terms of good works, sanctification, we have to view the world as if everyone has total free will. But when it comes to the truth, God is in control and God is is in. in time and space and he is controlling that reminds me of i think it was a was it a billy graham pray as if it all depends on god but act as if it all depends on you and and it's it's a shorthand to say be all in right i mean and be don't be lazy be take responsibility be courageous do the difficult things don't make excuses you know all all that kind of stuff um, but on the other hand, like you were just saying, Caleb, it, pray like it all depends on God. It's like, look, you're, we're we're needing you. You know, without you, we're nothing. Um, so here's my real hope for this for this show particularly is that people understand a little bit about where we're the, where Rob and I are coming from. Uh, Brandon has uh, has put up a very fierce. Uh, 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 debate in the chat room. I would encourage this. Uh, the chat will be hopefully on the side of the uh, of the um, of the video once it goes up. And so, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I I'm not even necessarily trying to get people to to believe what we believe. I, I what I'm trying to do right now is just show this is what we believe and this is why we believe it. These are the scriptures that I go to. Um, to to be able to uh, to uphold what I believe and why I believe it. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we do have a couple more things that we could look at here. Now, I cleaned out my uh, email box today, and I found two emails from Sean Fisher, also in the chat room. Um, okay, and I don't know which one we should go to. Let's just make sure. Okay. I don't know which one we should go to, but we'll go to one of them. Let's go to the first one and just see what it says. We know that Christ fulfilled all that is written within the law, the prophets and the Psalms concerning him. Do we? Is that really what he says? Luke 24, 44. Um, Let's look it up. Luke 24. What was it? 44. That's that's uh, road to Emmaus. Maybe. Right now, he said to them, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Yeah, I don't think that's saying that they're going to, that he's fulfilled them in the past. In other words, in, in Acts, it says that uh, heaven must receive him until, until, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm not quoting, until uh, Israel comes to faith, essentially. Um, and so that's a paraphrase, a major paraphrase, by the way. Uh, I think it's until the time of the promise comes. Anyway, um, the point is, is that uh, Yeshua returning to heaven and then you, then Yeshua coming a second time is all part of the things of which the Psalms and the, and the prophets and Moses speak. And therefore not all has been fulfilled. It must be fulfilled. But it hasn't been fulfilled because Christ still has to return. In fact, I would say that Zechariah and Ezekiel and all these these texts that talk about the notion of Yeshua coming back and his and his tongue being a two edged sword and him. I mean, now we're in Revelation, but you get what I'm saying. And and him coming back and judging the nations and ruling from um, from from Jerusalem and from the temple. All these things are part of the of what must be fulfilled. So I don't read that um, in I don't read that in to say that Yeshua has fulfilled everything. I say I read that in the way that they will be everything must be fulfilled, or the prophets are not the prophets. Does that make sense? That's how I'm reading that. Anyway, let's go on with what Sean says. Shortly after the call, oh wait, hang on, no, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so does that mean that Christ fulfilled all of the law? So no, that's not what I, how I see that. As far as I understand it, these were the ways in which the books of the Hebrew Bible were described in those days. That's true. So in this verse, when Christ says the law, is he referring to the law given on Mount Sinai or is he referring to the first five books called the law? So actually, the, so we're into two different questions here. But when he says all that was written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, what he's saying is the Tanakh. That's shorthand for all of Scripture. And at that time, all of Scripture was what is commonly referred to today as the Old Testament. Right. The only difference is he has psalms instead of writings. Right. But but it's, that's, yeah, it is shorthand, I agree. Right. Okay, so then he says... So yeah, I would say law then is five is the Pentateuch, five books of Moses. Right. In that case, yeah. Okay, so um, Sean goes on, and in Luke... Was he saying that he completed everything or was he only showing them the prophecies that were fulfilled by him written in those books? That's a great question. I actually think it was more than that. And the reason I think that is because um, how is it that in Acts they knew that heaven must receive him? Right. And, and, and during the counting of the Omer in Acts chapter 1, it says he taught them about the kingdom of heaven for right. 40 days and 40 nights. And they asked... Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Which means they had an expectation that wasn't a bad question. It wasn't like we're talking about how to make pizza. It's like, yeah, how do you make a good applesauce? You know, it's like it's 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 on topic, right? On topic, right? And so that to, was a dorky uh, example, to, but to, well, I'm 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 doing due diligence here. I'm trying to catch up with everything that's been going on in the chat room. The, oh, so uh, that's, uh, that's yeah, See, it's I, I don't me. have that problem it's, anymore. Yeah, it's me this time. Well, Brandon is having a, a lively and good discussion with uh, Scott Major and also Sean Fisher, and so these guys are are having a. Uh, uh, a, a great conversation, and actually, I think some email addresses have been uh, have been exchanged. So that's good. Good. Oh, good. Good connection. Yeah. So even if even Keep if it kind and and here's the thing, I, I got to say one more thing about this. Here's the thing: is I don't want people to think that I'm not down to have biblical conversations about the doctrines of grace. I am. The only thing is, is that uh, having in depth conversations that take up a significant amount of my time in the day are not things that I have. They're not on the top of the list right now, and there's a lot of things on the list. Right. I'm trying to build a, I'm trying to build an office. I'm tr there's uh, many projects that I'm working on, and so having these conversations, uh, we have these conversations at my church a lot. So Brandon, Sean, Scott, come on out, Alive and Messiah in Tacoma. You're you're welcomed anytime. 
we'll have we'll have a we'll have a full conversation about these things because actually the funny thing is is that within the congregation that I'm a part of there are people who hold to the doctrines of grace but and that's what we teach from the pulpit but uh, there are people who definitely do not believe in the doctrines of grace so these are conversations that we have on a regular basis so anytime you want to come out Tacoma Washington come on I'll uh, get a hold of me and I'll even help you I'll help you figure out I, I, I pick you up from the airport how's about that all right um all of that to say to your question here, uh, Sean Fisher, um, I would say that uh, the first portion of Christ's coming, that is the time when he would suffer, was fulfilled. And I think that, right. and, and I think that he uh, says, and, and that the point in time when the Abrahamic promise would be fulfilled it has happened in the death of Christ. Um, so but the word is still going out, right? Where are you? Okay. Hang on, Brandon, where are you in Texas? Um, and, but when it comes to the rest of the fulfillment, that is the second coming and our Messiah reigning from Jerusalem. Um, that is a different matter because obviously that hasn't happened yet, but I think that he does explain that as Rob already said, in uh, in the the forty days of Shavuot, yeah, so, they ask it. It's a good question. He just says it's not for you to know, right? Like in other words, uh, you've got work to do. I've got work for you to do. You're gonna, you know, receive power from on high. You're gonna take the word of of the promise to the nations. Thus, thus bringing in, you know, fulfilling Abraham. You know, the father of multitude of nations. That's that's the fulfillment of that that promise that's what paul calls that the gospel right in right which all the nations of the world will be blessed yeah uh, galatians 3 8 right um so here's the thing is that uh brandon says that if i ever find a way out of texas i will be in texas in two different uh, cities in texas i know texas is a huge state i'll be in fort worth rob and i will both be in fort worth um and uh then we will be mid-november no, mid yeah and, and then, then in san antonio and then san antonio uh, so if, uh, if you're close enough, he says, I don't know, East Texas. I don't know, Texas, man. I honestly don't. I, my geography is so bad. Um, he's close to Louisiana, Louisiana. Anyway, uh, if you want to get together for coffee, um, or a meal, by all means, I'll be in, uh, I'll be in Fort Worth and then I'll be in San Antonio, Texas. I'll be at the Alamo. Actually, I'm, I'm, I've been reading up on the Alamo because the last time we were there, I was like, I don't know what this place is. And now yeah. I'm like, ooh, cool. I get to go see the Alamo. They just have the little church there. Yeah, I think is all that they have. You can walk. Did you walk yeah. in it last time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it's we'll be we'll be busy, but we'll be having fun. So. All right. Well, it's been fun. It's been real. I'm sure that we ticked a lot of people off today. How uh, so? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Maybe my Shapira uh, review will. Ah, <laughs> uh, Moises well, isn't in the chat room anymore. I, he 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 left. So, um, it is what it is. All right, uh, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all of you very much. We'll try to have a. Um, we will try to have a, another uh, producer credit up next week, and uh, hopefully in the next month, I'll be uh, I'll be broadcasting no longer from my old office. But from the information station. Yes. Can't wait. The banner. It's got a nice banner out front. Oh, no. dude. Yeah, no, I'm I, well, we gotta get the we gotta get we gotta get a plaque or something that says information station. My son even has a jingle for it. So uh yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Uh if you have any uh questions or anything that you would like to uh have us talk about, give us a call 253 465 3205 Two five three four six five three two zero five. You can also shoot us an email, chag at torresource.com, chag at torresource.com. Let me find my music real quick before we uh, before we get out of here. Uh, we hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, and that is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, because Messiah matters. Messiah matters.